0: We're saying that good is not ethically good. Before starting, I just want to highlight that this episode has a sound issue during the first 10 minutes of the recording. If you really cannot handle it, you can skip to chapter 2. The sound quality will return to a normal quality.
1: Welcome to this second episode of Conversations with Not Daily Podcast, right?
0: Ooh, that sounds great.
1: A new format that is uh, specifically designed to give more time to discussion and listeners' comments, etc. And so one comment that we can start with is a comment specifically on this format, like meta. Uh, mm-hmm. Rally on Reddit told us when we started this format that that uh, last time it was very similar to the old format and maybe it felt a bit rushed. It was because we hadn't decided. Right? <laughs> 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 we were not sure which way to go. And now, hopefully, it's going to be a lot more established.
0: So yeah, the first conversation was not really a conversation. It was just normal episodes that we edited for it to be in the conversation format.
1: And now we're going to try to stick to this pattern where every other episode is like the serious, uh, heavy discussion and every other episode is conversation with listeners, whatever's going on in with their lives, like informal thing, like one heavy, one light. Yep. And in this light episode, we'll answer comments to both episodes. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's not confusing at all.
1: Well, to everything that happened so far. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, No, but it makes sense. It makes sense.
1: Like, for instance, in the in the previous conversation episode, we talked about this game called Gartic Phone, which is a telephone game where you draw things and guess what the drawing is and then draw it back, etc., etc. And we noticed that uh, cats seem to stick way more than dogs. Yeah, so we concluded that cats are more marketable than dogs. Well, I got a comment from uh, my brother not, uh, highlighting that uh, it's... Also explainable by the fact that there is a lot more diversity of look in dog breeds than there is in cat yeah, breeds. Yeah, I've right. seen this amazing graph
0: on uh, Reddit that showed like the difference between cats and dogs, and that explained why there was like not that much difference between cats versus like a lot of difference between dogs. And like, what do you are... mean,
1: explain like uh, genetically?
0: Phylogenetically, I guess. Like it's very simple actually. Just like we breed dog from way long, black, and we didn't really care about cats. We had domestic cats, but like we didn't care about like, what they were doing, except like eating mouse and like every cat does that. So basically we let them be. But for dogs, we trained them for very specific tasks. So each breed are very, very specific to the specific tasks they need to do. And that's why. Could
1: it be that the problem existed and man made it worse? Well, problem, <laughs> bigger quotes, not necessarily negative. But is that a phenomenon that existed and that got amplified by breeding or is that?
0: No, it's literally like breeding is the issue. Not issue, but like is a, is a complete cause. If it weren't if for
1: it... humans, all dogs would look the same.
0: That would be wolf well the ancestor between wolf and the
1: the, the alternative universe uh, descendant of the ancestor between yeah. dogs. <laughs> whatever
0: i i guess like that's what i remember like i I'll, i think it was a video it wasn't a plot to be honest but i'll find i'll find the video back and put it in the comment i can't really remember it well to be honest that's but.
1: interesting so not only is it true that dogs are a lot different but it can be explained but there's some cats that are a bit different right
0: my cat is huge but like he still resemble a lot any other cat
1: also the symbolic like the symbolic drawing of a cat doesn't really resemble the cat at all with the three mouths and the sticky
0: ears but like maybe like i think your 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 brother is right in the sense of because they're all so similar then it's way easier to find a vector version of them versus a dog like because they're so different maybe we don't have that it's very it's harder to find a generic way to show it I guess
1: well like salient traits in marketability yeah so maybe not only are dogs very distinct but they're less salient than cats
0: yeah maybe this like is getting to be a very like.
1: pro cats podcast
0: well I mean I
1: guess we can't hide it much longer
0: <laughs> I mean I love dogs don't get me wrong but
1: they're just not salient enough. You know? <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, they're not city, city-friendly city animals. Our,
1: our city is not dog-friendly places.
0: Yeah, our, our life is not dog-friendly at all. I don't know. But one day, if I have a garden, I'll have a dog.
1: You won't live in the city anymore?
0: I'm not saying that. If I win the lottery and I'm becoming like a millionaire, then I'll have a garden in the city. That's... move on to NFT? The thing that's going to make yeah. you rich? Yeah. <laughs> I've read an article. So there was this article about NFT last week, maybe? About some NFTs are already dead so basically I'm not sure we define it that way in the last episode but like in the NFTs there's a URL of of the image so there's two types of URL like there's a normal URL that you can see like a HTTP one and there's a second kind of of link that is IPFS link which is kind of like universal link which doesn't really link to a specific address but more like a peer-to-peer kind of address so it can't actually be dead the issue is is that the the broker so the website where you can buy nft we're not linking in the nft we're not linking the actual ipfs link but we're linking their node of the ipfs link so like if their node is dead then like the link is dead like the nft doesn't doesn't go anywhere basically
1: so it doesn't render the transaction invalid right it renders the transaction referring to something that kind of no thing.
0: longer exists and what's fun is so this nft phrase and whatever like started what like three months ago and there's tons of nfts that are already dead well nft links that are already dead and i've found that i don't know a bit cute
1: well i don't know the transaction lives on in the blockchain forever right but just yeah. the metadata it's referring to the source that it was supposed to be about it's dead and now it's literally about nothing
0: it's literally about nothing yeah.
1: but since the last time we said it was about nothing to begin with <laughs> it was a pretense to begin with it makes it only more clear i i admit that it's a bit fast <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would have thought it would be so fast. Yeah. So, uh, because we think of a point that came up uh, in the discussion. So we had many disc- nice discussions on the Reddit, on the subreddit. And one of them with Rally was about the NFT resale value. Because after all of this, my gut feeling is that most NFTs are worthless. Like are never going to have any resale value. And only a few of them have... Token value.
0: But I mean, we were. The, the problem with saying that is like we were saying that about like Bitcoin before, and now it's at like whatever, like $60,000. like sixty thousand So.
1: Uh, Bitcoin is a currency. NFT is one object. There is a lot of different object. NFTs.
0: I guess so. But at the same time, like, I mean, art is the same way, no? Like, now you can buy like a polar painting at like 50 million euros, and like it's. No one really wants the art. They all want like the money and i think it's just all about the art if the art world continue to sing that it's valuable then it will you're saying that it won't i'm saying that it might <laughs> it might yeah i don't know the art world today is a bit as we talked about, like never in length, but always in passing, we always say like it's a bit bullshit, like the, the art market right now.
1: It's just, so we were talking on the subreddit about how, how NFTs could be used for tax fraud laundering money or all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I kept thinking and going back to like, oh, this really like presupposes that you can resell them <laughs> and that they don't lose value.
0: I think like it's a high stake, high risk, bet high like, stake,
1: high risk, no tax.
0: <laughs> and because like the thing also, I think you undervalue like the power of Christie's, like the auction house. Like because it was not on some like random NFT website, the random NFT website like never sells stuff for more than like I don't know like 10k. Like but because it was this very well known auction house, I think like it also give it a bit more value.
1: In a way, NFT guarantees the the scarcity of whatever it represents, mm-hmm. but also you can make a lot of NFTs if you want. <laughs> so maybe it's gonna depend on how much they, on how many they issue in the end.
0: Well, it's one on one like. Like it was in the based on like the specific thing that like it was linked to it was in the contract that like there will always be only one
1: yeah but that's one use of nft right not everyone is uh, is doing it this way it's
0: just this yeah. house
1: has this special set of rules that probably mean it's uh it's gonna stick but it's it's funny how uh, the whole thing about nft is supposed to be decentralized and not depend on any authority and you need to have this this authority to make any kind of sense but... Yeah,
0: that's kind of fun actually
1: i have an important follow-up uh for well... the nfts is that i was completely sure that i read somewhere the final step of commodification in Marx's theory is that the commodity becomes just nothing and like pure virtual speculation and everything just gets Exchange and purely speculative, and I cannot, for the life of me, find the exact reference to that. I wanted to put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. I didn't find it. Uh, maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe it was not actually Marx. Maybe it was something from jacques or Debor. But don't suppose you have the answer. <laughs> I
0: can't remember. So I didn't read the whole like, capitals and I've read it like chronologically. So I'm not like meaning like from the start to like the end and i'm not at the end yet so i don't i i'm sure that i haven't read that yet but i'm pretty sure that like if it would be there it would be pretty much at the end so i can't tell you that
1: maybe if any of our listeners have a pointer that's me crazy It doesn't change the fact that the natural end to capitalism is pure speculation of uh, completely ungrounded commodity. But I would love to be able to reference something more than just my gut feeling.
0: I mean, it's it's so obvious nowadays that like I'm not sure that like a Marx quote from 200 years ago would make that much sense. <laughs>
1: today's episode is sponsored by that thought you just forgot it was in your head just a while ago it felt very important but what
0: was it yeah i i have an amazing idea and but like we can do that what is your amazing idea okay we can do it now but that has nothing to do with anything well it has something to do with uh with nft but it doesn't anything to do with what we were saying i just read a book about like the question why is there something uh, instead of nothing and they solved it <laughs> <laughs> no obviously obviously not but so the plateau idea is like saying that the the concept of good is pushing the existence of stuff meaning like it's not god that are is creating stuff it's like the actual concept the true concept of god of god of good of good uh, be careful the number of O's. Yeah, yeah. Of good that make stuff because it's ethically good that there is something compared to having the thing. And what I'm thinking, well, what I'm thinking right now, I didn't think at all about that reading the book. What I'm thinking <laughs> is, is with NFT, are we. Going back the chain, are we like we are we are living in the true world? From the true world, we created like a concept that represented, which is like like the symbolic nature of like I you don't know language. So we created language, and from language we derived like NFTs that represent that can represent like everything that we're doing in a more abstract way, and maybe then like it will go back to such an abstract sense that it will destroy the existence of everything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot to unpack here
1: <laughs> i was i, I was know. thinking I,
0: while i was speaking like i'm not saying
1: yeah i can't follow you in the, the direction that so first of all you don't need all your much about plato in the first place to tell you the point that uh nfts is, is pushing us in a direction like uh, to be more abstract, essentially, one step further in abstraction.
0: Yeah, but I wanted to go back, to go to the destroy the world thing. The question is, yeah, is this the big crunch to Plato's Big
1: Bang? So you're presenting a cosmogenesis, is that what you say, like theory of creation? Yeah. That is based on abstraction getting self-instantiated?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And since we're, yeah, sure. Okay, are uh, are we all gonna die in the the, the you know the meme that encompasses all memes? The
0: thing we talked about. Yeah, when we create when we create the all encompassing meme, everything in existence will be destroyed instantly, <laughs> instantly. Like, it won't even be destroyed. It'll just disappear into the void. Not into the void. Like, it will just be void.
1: Okay. uh, And how much this NFT is going to sell for? (laughs) Just before... Everything. Literally literally everything, everything, actually. Literally everything. Yeah. Because money is information, and information is the universe, and... I think you shouldn't read books anymore.
0: <laughs> I think like, we, sh- we could create like a doomsday
1: cult. About the NFT of the all encompassing meme. <laughs> <laughs> I have another comment from uh, Jess Collins about the fact that NFTs are essentially glorified receipts, uh, at least in the way it's used here. Except like instead of paper, it's like super strong blockchain paper.
0: (laughs) That's actually a fun way to look at it because like, yeah, actually, like it's. Yeah, because it links to the object. It's not the object in itself.
1: It's a, it's a receipt. But I so I still like, I should look up maybe before doing this kind of podcast, but the legality of the receipt because like, is it accepted? Is it recognized by any authority, by any law? Obviously not accepted by any law. What are you talking about? Wait, I have I have the perfect segue to uh, another comment by Yaris who first says that NFT refers to non-linear Fourier transform, not non-familiar. Tokens, but let's. Okay, <laughs> and so he was uh, making the parallel between these NFTs and uh, s- pictures or balls or gloves that are autographed, that are signed by celebrities or sports models. Mm. It still has a link to an object.
0: But it has this, like, stamp of authenticity. That's, I think... Okay, I like the two ideas. Like, I like the idea of receipt because it shows how it's not linked in a very strong way, like the object and the actual, like, NFT. But I also like the idea of like it's like a signature because it gives a sense of value to it that I didn't think about before. That makes a bit of sense for my brain.
1: Yeah, yeah. the signing uh, is is a good way to demonstrate the value. Because both are kind of like... In the same way, all of this is just a contract, right? uh, some sort of signed contract. But it's funny how the receipts you get at uh, your grocery store is... Some holds, well, a little bit the same thing as the signed baseball glove.
0: Are they a bit... OK, like I see how NFT can be both like a receipt and a signed baseball glove. I don't see how a receipt is a bit like a signed baseball glove, except that like they're boasting to NFT. By transitivity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but like only by transitivity. No?
1: Well, if your cashier was super famous, then uh, maybe. Well, the thing is that we have automated uh, cashier machines that don't, like there's no actual physical signing, but there is, well, I don't know. So a receipt, okay, well like this. So the receipt proves that the cashier gave you the orange. The signing on your baseball glove proves that the athlete gave you the glove, and then in the signing interaction, it is probably free, and then in the purchase receipt interaction, uh, it is probably indirect, right? The, the person who sells the orange is probably not the same as the cashier. But
0: like, what you're selling when you're selling an NFT is actually the receipt. It's not like the baseball glove.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like a receipt for an orange without the orange. <laughs> but when you uh, so when you're buying a signed baseball glove, you're buying the signature. The baseball glove doesn't actually matter that much.
0: It's as if like a baseball person give you a baseball glove with a receipt that say it's an authentic like baseball glove, signed baseball glove. <laughs> And uh, you're like, okay, I'm keeping the baseball glove, but I'm selling you the profile of authenticity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 well, see, that's one thing you cannot do with <laughs> NFT. <laughs> <laughs> or that's the thing that always happens with NFT. It's literally <laughs> like it's that. It's both always... It's, yeah. it's like literally that. Like, it's But no,
0: because in the NFT case, there is no baseball glove. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's the image. It's even worse. Than- so it's like you bought a, cert- like a certificate of, anti- of authenticity for nothing. Yes, for the certificate of authenticity. No, 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 no. no no it's an authentic
1: certificate of authenticity
0: (laughs) no but not even because it's not self-reflecting the nft doesn't reflect to say that like the nft is real well
1: no it's not but your certificate of authenticity is guaranteed to be real Today's sponsor is that weird feeling in the back of your mind that you forgot something but you're pretty sure that you didn't. But still, it keeps nagging at you. Let's hope that, just like it, we'll never be very far apart. By the way, I meant to tell you about Homestuck. So, (laughs) as a testament to, I don't know, whatever. I have a lot of topics that I want to tell you about. And we have this little list of post from which we pick ideas. And this topic uh, was in this the, in the backlog for the entirety of the run of Homestuck 2. <laughs> so <laughs> so let, let's let's go back to, to the beginning. Homestuck. What is Homestuck? Homestuck is a webcomic that started in a very weird format where the guy, the author, Andrew Hussey, would post kind of like riddle filled images and people on forums would try to give orders to the characters to solve the riddles,
0: essentially. That's how it starts. Really? You have no idea what Homestuck is, are you? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I don't know, like, I remember, I don't know, like, 5, seven, ten years ago, I can't remember, that for me it was just a webcomic where, like, you click on images and, like, stuff happened. no? No.
1: <laughs> the whole point of Homestuck is that it's not that. <laughs> but, of course, when you come into it, like after it's written after it's already happened like the guy the, the people from the board the message board gave order to the character when it was being written no it is written already so now it's just a webcomic
0: mm, but at, okay it was a participative thing
1: yes Kind of like a giant RPG, tabletop RPG thing. So this participatory period uh, lasted for, I think, a few years. And then the audience grew too big or he had uh, editorial ideas where he wanted the story to go. So he incorporated feedback in some other ways. Like this this author is a very... uh, self-aware troll so he lurks on the internet and sees what people are saying about the comic but he doesn't he he wasn't getting the feedback that as directly as before from way from before i knew about it so i've always experienced it as a kind of a book kind of but that all goes to show that from the get-go it's an interesting work questioning the relationship between the author and the audience it starts as a participative project more maybe more like an mmo than a book Kinda. Uh, Then it went a little bit back on the authorial side for just like editorializing reasons. He had a story he wanted to tell, but the story is a lot about uh, the death of the author. is a lot about self-referential stuff, etc. About writing and creation. And so as time grew, so did the fandom. So did fanfictions, etc. When he finished the the first the run of Homestuck, he started to kind of canonize a little bit fanfiction by hosting a kind of fanfiction platform. Okay. And then he did what is the Homestuck, what's called the Homestuck Epilogues. Which is a sort of fanfiction epilogue, fanfiction continuation, except it's written by him and a team of other writers. But he was basically spearheading a team of writers.
0: How is that fanfiction then?
1: Because it's self-defined as fan fiction I don't know so you see like this is the whole point of this book it's it starts out in the intro by saying like it's fan fiction, but it's written by the author and like your the brain starts to melt but there is definitely a tone shift because some parts of fan fiction are clearly like very fan fiction ish like characters getting married
0: having kids, etc etc fan fiction ish yeah so there's a subtract to what a fan fiction
1: is yes, it's uh, well it's very relationship oriented it's uh th- there's a lot of happy ever after kind of thing like next generation everyone gets kids and the kids get together you know there, there is a staple
0: by your definition HP more is not a fanfiction
1: I'm not saying <laughs> it's not a definition it's correlation <laughs> it's uh, connotations well, it was trying to to be like the as as fanfiction as could be
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of like pushing it a bit yeah, yeah. Oh, that's
1: that's good and so all of these fanfictions are kind of integrated in the homestuck lore because the homestuck lore canonically says that there is a space at the edge of the universe where basically anything goes <laughs> so you can argue that all fanfictions are canonic and called that way and so this epilogue takes place in when this is such a such an intro <laughs> 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 this epilogue takes place in one of such fanfiction bubbles in which the, a character that is a bit self-aware lives in a fanfiction bubble and says like, what the fuck is going on? I don't want to be just a fanfiction of spring of, of this. I'm going to unite all the fanfiction, all the possible versions of me and become my one true self and so the Such begins his quest for the one true narrative self and that came a bit as a surprise but this takes the form of Homestuck 2 or, or like Homestuck squared which is a continuation of Homestuck from which the original author is completely removed. <laughs> So now he gave he gave loose instruction, like uh, set up his team to pass the authorial content to a, a team of writers, essentially. And this is,
0: they are they were in charge of that project. So 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 the character of Homestuck Two, like the main character of Homestuck Two, was slash is the guy that is created by like summing every fanficky version of the first character. Yeah, okay. all the
1: char- so all the characters are... Cause it's a direct continuation, like it's the official canonical continuation. Uh, this character I told you about is the villain,
0: kind of. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know which side I'm on. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, wait, wait, wait. So, so let, let, let's start again. So there's the Homestuck 1. There's the car- main character. We call him main character. Let's call him Dirk. Dirk. So there's Dirk. He's in Obstack 1, fair enough. After Obstack 1, there's a fanfiction from the the author that is the life of Dirk in fanfiction universe. Yeah. From this fanfiction stem a new Dirk from the sum of all fanficky Dirk. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Then the author takes this fanfiction that has nothing to do with the canon to say that like we'll use that shit to do a ca- like the continuation of the canon. Well, the thing is, all fanfiction are supposed to have something to do with the canon because of the
1: of the border of the uni-
0: because of multiple
1: universe oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, theory. Okay, uh,
0: okay. That, that's a bit bullshit, but okay. Fine. I completely agree. okay Okay. <laughs> because because then like Doc should be actually the summation of every dog possible from every fan fiction written about dark ever in the life like in the actual truth yeah if it was true which i'm sure it's not well
1: it's kind of like the platonic form the essential form of the character which is an interesting concept.
0: Okay. But like not really. Because you add the platonic form of dark of Dirk that is actually visualized in obstacle one mm-hmm. the most directly. And then it then they try to recreate this platonic form from what the Platonic form created in the first one, no?
1: Well, so the, that implies that the original appearance uh, is incomplete yeah or is potential in a way.
0: Oh no, or it implies like quite the opposite actually. it could it could say that the first dog was a platonic. He wants to come back to the beginning. No, no. What I was thinking is like Dark One is the Platonic form of Dark, and then like like the summation of the fanfic Dark. Try to go back to Dark One.
1: But it's, it's it's not the summation of all fanfic Dark. It's the summation of all possible Darks, including the canonical one. To go to the yeah to to go to the one true
0: Dark, including the canonical one. Okay, because the the, the the canonical like Dark One is actually not the one true dark. Apparently, it's just like one other. It's one of the it's
1: it's one of the lines of reasoning uh, developed in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever read a character that seemed like the quintessential incarnation of all the versions of this character?
0: Well, Sherlock Holmes, no?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Sherlock Holmes is a very good example to to talk about the quintessential Sherlock Holmes because... Like, you know, there's a lot of versions. I think this is clearly is the kind of stuff that they were they, they're working towards. But then there is not one like mega some Sherlock. I mean, it's supposed to be super hard to
0: write one mega some Sherlock. Well, it's illegal first because nice Sherlock is copyrighted. Uh,
1: I mean, some Sherlock is not necessarily nice Sherlock. It encompasses some aspects of nice Sherlocks.
0: Yeah, but like, can you do some Sherlock if you can't put nice Sherlock in it? It's, yeah, it's the uh, inclusion, inclusiveness
1: property of copyright law. Let's not go into that because it's not consistent. Doesn't make any kind of sense.
0: Okay, okay. So then he's starting Homestuck 2 with this character. Let's call him like some doc. So uh, it's actually a webcomic, right? Uh, Less audience participation.
1: Uh written by a team of writer whose the original author is completely detached from except having validated everything they do. (laughs) Still pretty still very there, but also not there at all. And so they are making a a story about the the quest of this character to find his true self and express it uh. and so the sad end to this tale is that after a year or so I think the writing team was bullied a lot because I don't know fandoms are just haters and see it goes back to the question of authorial authority even though the whole thing is about the death of the author right but so yeah they put the project on hold and instead of doing like monthly releases they're gonna release the whole thing uh, at once sometime in the future
0: okay because they can't deal with the bullshit of the fandom
1: yeah well i guess it's not a pleasant experience for anyone (laughs) well it's it's understandable like in your view is it any good yes (laughs) just having the topic just by the choice of the topic is already pretty interesting and then uh,
0: yeah I don't know I couldn't I have never had the patience to read Homestack because like it felt like it was way too big
1: well it's as long as uh, playing Final Fantasy 100% yeah but like 80 hours is quite
0: a bit of time to read Uh,
1: yes but if you say like oh it's a novel of tens of thousands of pages okay it's scary but if you say like you put the same time in Final Fantasy or Breath of the Wild it's less scary because you've already done it (laughs)
0: like do you need that much of this medium to tell what it is trying to say. Oh, you're just
1: politely saying that it's too longer than it needs to be. <laughs> Obviously, yes, completely. 500%. Yeah, like the, the length is not serving the purpose at uh, all. The length is just, I don't know, people having fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Well, there's also, so the length is partly justified by the fact that he transcribes most of the text, it's conversations, so it evolves pretty slowly. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And he likes to troll the audience, so it goes in one direction and the other one, like subversion of expectations, uh, information management. So there's a lot of trolling and games, but yeah, I don't, you can obviously do uh, that
0: faster. same in a one-hour experience.
1: One hour, I don't know, because I think you—it benefits from having a fandom and having being developed over time. But...
0: Yeah, the, the go- yeah, 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 the back and forth with like people.
1: But you can do the same thing even with the same amount of time with a lot less pages <laughs> and some people actually don't read everything it's it's a lot of character development and conversations essentially I, I understand I know that it's too much but then like if it's a good thing if you like it, it...
0: yeah exactly yeah, it's always like that like if you like the thing like you never want it to be done because that's interesting it, like each time like you're sharing or anyone is sharing something with a community like that that like creates something or not even creating something just a community it always Makes me want to create a, a participative experience of some sort.
1: Do your own uh, a participatory webcomic.
0: Yeah, kind, well, more like web experience for sure.
1: On long term or like having a fandom or having yeah, long term thing okay. for sure. Well, then isn't it what this is? This podcast, it's kind
0: of is it kind of is it kind of is. But like, that's not exa- I meant like more of a visual thing. But but yeah, yeah, but like that's part of it for sure. Like, it's okay. It's well, uh, maybe you
1: can think about the ways find ambitious ways to use this podcast to do weirder things with it to do fun stuff.
0: I, I think like the more people listen to it, the more fun stuff we can do for sure. The format will go there as well. Like more we have listeners, more we will play with the listener. I don't know if you agree with me.
1: Sure well probably I don't know I don't know the future. It seems like a good thing <laughs> I don't know no, this is a very nice point to say. Uh, stay tuned for future experimentations on the format or whatever uh, and contribute to help us uh, build a community that will do fun stuff. So to contribute and be included in these kind of discussions, we have a Twitter, a YouTube, a subreddit and gmail email address everything's that not daily podcast one war wo- well not one wo- three words no space uh, nothing is case sensitive but we don't use capitals I think and we'll see you next time
0: but not tomorrow <laughs> this is so cool cr- <laughs>
1: yeah I was doing it ironically at first but this yes, is so cringy so I love oh yeah, I don't know okay bye <laughs> perfect ending